Brothers and sisters, this is the third sermon on the Great Commission, and the topic is on Christ's promise. I am with you always. The Great Commission, as illustrated in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, is the commission that Jesus has commanded to every of his disciples. It's a supreme commission. For it is commanded by the one who has all the authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus is the supreme foundation for this commission, and not just that; it has a supreme program of actions that warrants its success. Today, we come to the third part of this great commission passage, which is verse twenty on the promise. Accompany with the Great Commission. This is the theme of my sharing today. I am with you always. I am with you always. Then Jesus came to them and said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit." And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. I am with you always. What a supreme promise! However, you probably might have some questions regarding the promise. This promise. The first questions. Now, the promise in Matthew twenty-eight twenty seems. To repeat what Jesus had already done and promised earlier. Now, if we are a bit familiar with the Bible, in Matthew chapter one verse twenty-three, it says, "The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us." Now, the coming of Jesus already promises God will be with us. Further, Jesus promises that after he had died, risen again. So what? After Jesus died, risen again, and ascended to heaven, he would send the Holy Spirit to live inside his people, that is in us. In John fourteen sixteen to seventeen, it says. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, to help you and be with you forever. Verse seventeen, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept Him, because it neither see Him nor know Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you, and will be in you. Now, in other words, God with us is already a promise from Jesus for those who truly receive Jesus as their savior. So it's so true here. In other words, God with us is so true, and it's already a promise from Jesus for those who truly receive Jesus as their savior. So why is it that here in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, 
Jesus made the same promise again. Now, well, to unravel this, let's read John 14, 15. Now, which is a verse earlier than verse 16 and 17. It says, if you love me, keep my command, then it is followed by the end in verse 16. I will, if you love me, keep my command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now, can you see the, the sequence? Can you see the relations? Eugene Peterson, a famous theologian, in his exposition on John 14, 15, he says, it means if you love me, show it by doing what I have told you. If you love me, show it by doing what I have told you. I will, 14, 16, talk to the Father and he will provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. Now you can see John 14, 15 to 17 is actually consistent. In fact, very consistent with Matthew 28, 20. And they are just the same promise with the same precondition. If you love me and show it by doing what Jesus has told us. Now, let's take a look on Matthew 28, 16, 17. The verses which you probably might have overlooked when focused on the Great Commission verses. Here says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Verse 17, among the 11 disciples, when they saw Jesus, when they are worshipping Jesus, but some doubted. Interesting. When they saw Jesus, they worshipped, but still, some doubt. Then the question is, then they were actually meeting Jesus face to face. And why? And what were they doubting about? Did they doubt the fact that he had risen from the dead? That is unlikely because they have already been seeing Jesus post-resurrections on multiple occasions. So what were they doubting? I believe the doubt they are struggling, they were struggling with was self-doubt. Now Jesus was leaving them for good and they have very little knowledge of the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit abiding in them, they still have, haven't quite really experienced it. So they didn't, still didn't know much about how Holy Spirit worked inside them. Now think about if you were there, you would probably doubt about your future. Your master is leaving now, and what is the next step? Further, the more Jesus talked about the Great Commission, the more they would doubt about themselves. Can we really accomplish such a big task to bring the gospel to the people of the world? And that's what makes the reassuring words of Jesus in verse 20 so comforting. We don't have to doubt in all these. And we don't have to worry about our ability to carry out his plan. 
because we won't be alone. He will be with us to fight the fight. How much the disciple needed that reassuring promise at Jesus' last moment on earth. Second, so what does the promise, I am with you always, in verse 20, actually means then? Well, the promise in verse 20 actually carry a furtherance of what John 14, 15 to 17 says on the relation between God and us. Now, while John 14, 15 to 17 talks about the Holy Spirit abiding in us, the supreme promise in Matthew 20, 20, uh, 28, 20, as part of the Great Commission pact, tell us that we are actually co-worker with God. Now, there's a Chinese saying, that is, God with men, which is a good description of what John 14, 15 to 17 says about our relation with God. Another Chinese saying, that is, God co-work with men, is a good description of what Matthew 28, 18 to 20 said about the Great Commission. In the Great Commission, how we relate with God. God is not just with us. He works with us. We are co-working together. Jesus assured the disciples of his abiding presence. They can advance the gospel with assurance and confidence because Jesus himself will be with them. He would not be distant. He would be with them in presence and power. Jesus charges us with the Great Commission. He also authorizes us to carry out the Great Commission with his company. That is, when we are executing the Great Commission, God is also working within us, through us, and empowering us. Number three. Well, we know such a supreme promise. And how are we going to act to comply with such a supreme promise? Several points. One, we need to reflect on ourselves. How are we stand as Jesus' disciple? The Great Commission is a supreme mission. Bring within a, bring within a supreme promise. I am with you always. What do the world need most? Jesus. Look at this world. Filled with sorrow and war. Why so much pain and sorrow? Because of man's sin. Without Jesus, people will just die in sin and suffer eternal perishing. How much the people need the Lord? Do you want to have Jesus company at all times? I think everybody, everyone does. But have we really stood out as Jesus' disciple and work out the Great Commission in our daily life? Are we leading a life as commanded by Jesus? Now, if yes, then his promise of being with us will surely be. And we don't need to be afraid of any economic tsunami or pandemic or whatever, etc. If we really live our life of Jesus' disciple, we certainly would care about the fact that so many people on earth 
still not knowing Christ. Involving in mission, one way or another, it's, it's there for something very natural for Jesus' disciple. Dear brothers and sisters, this world needs Christ very badly. His great commission demands our response. If we really respond, then he will surely be with us. And by such, we will then manifest his glory because of his presence. Now, if the promise is to the end of the age, so is the command also valid to the end of the age. Let us not forget all authority belong to Jesus and he be with us to the end. Number two. Number one, we have to really reflect on ourselves. How, how are we stand as Jesus' disciple? Number two, we have to experience and practice and joy and witness the presence of God. Now, God has a promise. The promise is always with us. The promise happened twice, as I have illustrated, and as what is said in the Bible in John 14 and also in Matthew here, 20, 28, 20. Now, yet, how many of us can boldly tell people, God is with me? Can't you? Why not? Well, perhaps we should, instead of asking, or instead of praying, God be with us, we should ask, God, let us experience you more. Let me experience you more. How to experience God? There are many ways we can practice the presence of God. Time limits us to dwell too much on this topic, but I would like to refer you to the book, The, Pres the Practice of the Presence of God, in which it has collected many teachings of Brother Lawrence on the topic. Basically, the key is to develop a habit of conversing with God continually and referring all we do, all our encounters to him in our everyday life. No matter we are in our daily chores, in simple or mundane work, or in any sophisticated work, etc. Just try to develop a habit of conversing with God. No matter what we encounter, what we are doing, we just try to talk to God in a way as if he's just beside us. And the more with such practice, the more we would gradually be led to experience and then enjoy God, either individually in our work or devotion, or in groups like worship. And after a habit of having God in our daily life, and in matters, whether big or small, is developed, it will then be very easy to share and witness God as we meet with anybody or go to anywhere. May I challenge you to give yourself a try. I recently heard of a testimony about how the movement of Muslim sending to Christ was started from my colleague who worked in the war-torn Iraq. The testimony is as follows. Some years ago, he met with a lady who had a very earnest heart to know Christ, who had a very earnest heart to know 
God and His words. After a series of Bible study with her and her household, she soon became a very faithful believer. Though she was of Muslim background and rejected by her fellow countrymen, after she's converted, she still kept sharing the gospel very boldly. The more she shared, the more resistance she faced. Not very long, she suddenly suffered a very severe illness. And about two months later, she conducted a, uh, she had conducted a body check and she was diagnosed of cancer. And in a very short time, she passed away. At that time, when our worker thought the gospel work might be over, because she was the only faithful believer he found in that area. But to his surprise, groups and groups of people turning to Christ and just has started in very short time after her passing away. My worker asked the people of the reason. You know what? They replied. They said, the local people said, they had all witnessed her, her passing away. She, her passing away was so peaceful and so full of hope. Even in her deathbed, she drew the admiration from her relatives and fellow countrymen. Her story then spread through the area and people testified that they could see God's presence with her. You know, for Muslims, they never had any assurance of going to heaven, no matter how, no matter how hard they work out their rituals, no matter how hard they do their fasting or do all the needed works in their religion. But they see God's presence in this lady. People are so admiring of her, of her presence with God that they would like to know Christ. So you see, if we have the presence of God in our life, as what Philippians Chapter 1, verse 20 says, So that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. If you have followed Jesus' command to carry out the Great Commission, whether it is successful or not in bringing people to Christ, Jesus is always with you to the end of the age. I am always with you. I am with you always. That is, there will never be a moment when Jesus won't be with us. If they throw you in jail, then Jesus is with you. If they beat you, Jesus is with you. Even if you suffer severe illness, Jesus is still with you. Number three, we need to prepare ourselves to be used by God for the Great Commission. It's our life. Prepare to be used by God for the Great Commission. Please, don't take the Great Commission as a burden. Instead, treat it as a great honor from God. Think about it. We are chosen by God to work with Him to accomplish His mission. What a great honor to work with God, our Father, our boss. 
Now the chief question is, are we prepared to be chosen and used by God? Now still remember Gideon in the book of Judges. At that time, it was really a dark era for the Israelites. How dark? We can see from the last sentence in the book of Judges, which is chapter 21, verse 25. It said, everybody did as they saw fit. What does that mean? That is, they never follow rules, no guides. They just do whatever they, they found themselves. You know, they, they, they just want to do whatever they want. As what is now in this era. People did whatever they want without following the law or guidance from God. And that resulted in great tragedies with everyone living in hardship and difficulties. You can look at the West. So chaotic. Everybody just do whatever they want. At that moment, God raised Gideon. And Gideon brought with him how many people? 32,000 to fight for the Israelites. What did God say? No, no, no. I don't want that much. I don't need so many people. And how many did God choose finally? Just think about it. 32,000 people. How many people God choose? Only 300. Who are, that, who are those 300 people? God only chose and used those who were alert and prepared to stand up for the challenge. Who are they? They are those who drink water with the head lifted up to stay alert because they need to stay alert. They are prepared to do the fight. May we all be prepared. May we all are prepared to be used by God. Now, I would like to conclude with a few questions to you, my dear brothers and sisters. What are you most anxious about today? Let me urge you to ponder on the following. Are you ready for his kingdom? Now, if you are yet a believer, may I urge you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. He died for your sin and is very, very willing to be your companion in whatever circumstances you face. If you are Christians, are you prepared to be used by God for his kingdom? Are you just living in spiritual welfare, enjoying all the grace from God, and have forgotten that you are also in a spiritual warfare? Dear young man, if you are still in your study, may you be God's servant in your school campus. A recent survey in University of America revealed that only 1% of the students are Christians. Let me repeat. It revealed that only 1% of the university students are Christians. And of that 1% of students, 85% of them said they would not go to church nor serving in church. Now, you see, work hard, study hard because of God. The school campus is your mission field. Bring your fellow classmate, schoolmate to Christ. Dear adult, 
Don't just limit yourself to pursuit for work performance and high yield, high salary. May you be God's faithful testimony in your workplace and live out Jesus' disciples in your workplace. May we all do well as Jesus' disciples and be an influencer in our society, in our family, and in every role we are allotted by God. I once went to a hospital to visit a brother in Christ. He had already passed away now. He was once a very diligent believer and earned a lot of money at his young age. But unfortunately, after earning his big bucks, his big money, he started to focus his life on earning more and more money. No church, no more Christian witnessing in his life. No more. He just focused on the money. Yet, God allowed him to suffer from severe illness. When I got to his sickbed, at the first instance, he immediately grabbed my hand and said, Hey, brother Albert, I have finally thought through it now. I have finally thought through it now. What have you thought through about? He said, we shouldn't be the shutter of his kingdom. I repeat, we shouldn't be the shutter of his kingdom. After suffering several years for his cancer, he finally learned the truth. If we are truly Jesus' disciples, that is, if we are truly Christians, there is, then there is no place to be a deserter in his kingdom. Dear brothers and sisters, shall we resolve to get prepared and serve him? Shall we resolve to get prepared and serve him?